theyeshiva.net. So let me tell you what we're going to learn today. This is a, a sikha, a talk, an address, a shir that was presented by the Lubavitcher Rebbe on the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av, Shabbos Chazayin, Tovshin Mem Beis, and Tovshin Mem Dalad. That's the summer of 1982 and 1984. During his Fabrengen on Shabbos Chazayin, which is of course the Shabbos right before Tisha B'Av, it's called Shabbos Chazayin, literally because then we read the Haftarah of Yeshayahu, our Novi Yeshaya, the first chapter begins with the words, Chazayin Yeshayahu ben Amay Tzasher Chazal Yehudah Yerushalayim. This is the vision of the prophet Yeshaya, the son of Amites, that which he saw about the pending future of Judah and Yerushalayim. Yeshaya Hanavi lived more than a century before the destruction of the first Beis Hamikdash, around 150 years. But he saw what you would call the beginning of the end. He saw the moral downfall. He saw, as he writes in the first chapter, Eicha Hoysa Lezoyna Kirya Ne'emona Tzedek How did such a loyal city become so promiscuous and corrupt? A place where justice would lodge is now filled with murderers. And similar, very potent, loaded words that Yeshaya Hanavi says in this week's Haftarah, which we always read on Shabbos Dvarim, Parshas Dvarim, the week before Tisha B'Av. This sikha of the Rebbe was set on Shabbos Chazayin, on the Shabbos, as I said, 82 and 84, 1982-84 and 84. And it's published in Lekutei Sichas, volume 29, page 18, Sikha Shabbos Chazayin. It's in Yiddish, which was the language in which he communicated, and many of the talks are transcribed in Yiddish. So those of you who know Yiddish, that's great. And those of you who don't know Yiddish, I'll translate. Aleph. Reb Hillel of Parich was one of the great disciples of the Baal Hatanya, the Alter Rebbe, and then his son, the Mittler Rebbe, and his son-in-law, the grandson of the Baal Hatanya, the Tzemach Tzedek. Reb Hillel Parich passed away, as he says in footnote 2, Yud Aleph Menachem of Tafresh Chavdalad. His yard said is the 11th of Av. Tafresh Chavdalad would be 1864. He was one of the great Ga'inim in Russia. He was an Avbezdin in a few Kehillas. And, uh, Reb Hillel of Parisher also wrote quite a few Svarim. In fact, if you remember last summer, during this period, we learned a long Maimer of Reb Hillel, a fascinating Maimer, you remember? I'm sure some of you remember about the entire process of the Jewish calendar, how it works all the way from Pesach throughout the calendar. What is the calendar trying to uh, create within the Jewish psyche? And Reb Hillel discusses there at length the three weeks known as the three weeks of grief, Tlasa de Puranissa, followed by the seven weeks of comfort and consolation after Tisha B'Av from Shabbos Nachem or from next Shabbos. Fascinating, fascinating, Maimon, extraordinary. And in fact, we're soon going to publish it. The next, uh, probably the next month, it's going to be published in Israel. The Shiurim that we gave on that Maimer. Thanks, Rabbi Israel. And uh, that's going to be exciting, Bezer Hashem. So, Rabbi Hillel, has a mimer. We actually learned this mimer also last year. It's a short mimer. And Reb Hillel says that the Badichever, Reb Levi Yitzchak of Badichev, who's well known in the Jewish world as the great Oyev Yisrael, the lover of Israel, he was one of the greatest students of the Magid of Mizrich. And the holy Reb Levi Yitzchak of Badichev was also a rav in many cities, including the last one, which was Badichev in Ukraine, which was a big community, until his passing in Tishrei, I think, Tovkov Ayin, 1809. Yablivitzik of Badichev said, you know why this Shabbos is called Shabbos Chazayin? Chazayin comes from the word Mechze, vision. Literally, it's because the Haftarah begins with the words Chazayin Yeshayahu, the vision of Yeshayahu. That's why it's called Shabbos Chazayin. Every Shabbos we say a Haftarah, but it doesn't usually begin with the word Chazayin. This one begins with Chazayin. Says the Badichev, the reason is because in this Shabbos, this is a special Shabbos. This coming Shabbos, Shabbos Chazayin, is a Shabbos when every Jew is showing 
the future Beis Hamikdash, the third Beis Hamikdash from a distance. This is Reb Hillel quoting Reb Levi Yitzchak of Badichev. Says the Lubavitcher Reb, the Tamba the Shabbos Rufzach Shabbos Chazayin is Al Shem Haftayra. Yes, Adas the Shabbos Velchis Samach V'Shayich Latishabov Zakman Didi B'Da Haftayra. Chazayin Yishayahu the Letzter from the Gimel the Puranisa. Umuvan as was nented the Shabbos is Tishabov Al Tzharber is Didi Nina Puranisa Bizas B'Shas the Shabbos is Eruv Tishabov. Other Tishabov Gufa is Afal Piyaz and Shabbos Tarnit Zayin Shabbos Tarnit Zayin Ken Avelus Zayna Befranin Nim Lekamadei is Inyani Tishabov in Dvarim Shabetzina. On a literal level, everything in Torah begins on an Indian, literal level. It's called Shabbos Chazayin, not because we see the Beis HaMikdash. It's called Shabbos Chazayin because the Haftarah, as I mentioned earlier, it's the Haftarah of Chazayin Yeshayo, which is the last one of the three unique Haftarahs that we read during the Shabbosim of the three weeks. And all of them deal with prophecies that speak about the future destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Now we understand, the closer the Shabbos is to Tisha B'av, which means this Shabbos right before Tisha B'av, the harsher, the stronger is the Puranius, the, the rebuke or the chastisement or the harsh words of the prophet about the destruction because it's getting closer to Tisha B'av. To the point that in Halacha, if Shabbos is right before Tisha B'av, it's Erev Tisha B'av or Tisha B'av, so even though Shabbos there's no mourning, and of course we don't fast, and do the other things we do on Tisha B'av, but according to many opinions, there are still certain things you don't do on that Shabbos privately, in the privacy of your home, because of Tisha B'av. So this means that the morning of the three weeks, it progresses, it advances. First week, then you have the second week, then you have the nine days, the last era, you have the week in which Tisha B'av comes out, the Shabbos before Tisha B'av. For them is verstandig eichle Das was men weiß, but Shabbos Chazayin the Mikdash de la Asset to live zayn smiches v'shaiches at Tisha B'av. He says, "Biyeser says, biyeser is in Akvius when Tisha B'av is chol b'Shabbos k'may b'Shanazu." Mary does is in under the Kviusin when Shabbos Chazayin is chol nit b'Tisha B'av atzma. This also means the other way that when the Bhilal says from the Beritzk of Baditchev that on Shabbos Chazayin one is given the opportunity to have a vision of the future based on Mikdash. Because this is the Shabbos right before Tisha B'av, of course it would be even more emphasized when Tisha B'av is on Shabbos itself, like that year, this year when the Sikha was published, that year the Sikha was published, Shabbos was on Tisha B'av. That was Tov Shin Mem Hay, 1985 when it was published. Even more than in other years when Shabbos Chazayin is not Tisha B'av. It's just a, a parenthetical note about the unique connection of the Vart, of Rebbe Yitzhak of Baditchev, to that particular year. But of course, every Shabbos Chazayin, whether it's Tisha B'av or not Tisha B'av, Shabbos before Tisha B'av or Erev Tisha B'av, Tisha B'av Rebbe Yitzhak Baditchev tells us that there is a special opportunity to have a vision of the third Beis HaMikdash. Now what exactly does this mean? Let's continue inside. Se'iv Beis. Dolus was men Shabbos chazayin the mikdash de la osid afal piyas nit yaderein as etes begoli. When the baditchev is oktoch nit as mubavais does blaze to tzaddikim. When avada nit nor le tzaddikim gedolim. Nor madin le kol echod ve echod am mikdash de la osid. When he says that on Shabbos chazayin, every Jew is showing the base of mikdash. What does that even mean? Not everybody sees the Beis HaMikdash. <laughs> he says, if the Baditshva would say there are tzaddikim or tzaddikim gedolim, special, righteous, holy people, okay? He doesn't say that. He says, marin lekol echod va'achas, every single Jew. What do you mean you show them? You show it to me, I don't see it. I'm included in the group that doesn't see it in a revealed way. So what does this mean? He could say, tzaddikim are showing the grace of Mikdash. They have some type of spiritual vision. On a good day, they also have some spiritual insights that maybe other people don't have. Their antennas are up. But here he says, it's l'kol echad v'echad. Is the pirush derfun yeshleim abapashtas. The meaning, says the Rebbe, you could say is quite literal. Al derech v'dikamara zaktiv direid fundaniyel. 
The Gemara in Meseches Megillah Dav Gimel quotes the Pasuk and Daniel. We learned this Gemara together. Daniel Perik Yud, where he says, I, Daniel, saw a vision. The people with me did not see it, but they were overtaken by dread and they ran away to hide. Ask the Gemara, If they didn't see it, why were they afraid? Why were they overwhelmed? The Gemara answers, they may have not seen it. But their mazel has seen it. What does this mean? Does haste? Says not the pshatas da noshem imis and fatzitid given from them was Daniel at zibig given the matter. Now the sibis given in them was mazlayu chazu. Un chazoyna mazel ba'ofen as their fun is charad da gedayla nafla aleim vizayzayin and fitin zichuv dalamata. What the Gemara is saying is not that they became overwhelmed from fear and dread because they saw that Daniel was affected. And sometimes when you see somebody else shocked and overwhelmed and startled, it startles you as well. That's not what the Gemara is saying. The Gemara is saying they did not see it, but their own mazel saw it. Every person has what's called mazlayu. There is your conscious, and if you wish, there is your superconscious, subconscious. Let's call it superconscious. In fact, what does the word mazel mean? The word mazel comes from the word moizel, like nozel. What's nozel? A liquid that flows, a beverage that flows, a flow of energy is nozel. Venoizlim min levona in the Tanakh says. They flow from Lebanon. Ma- mazel, ma- mazel is a source of flow. It's a source of energy. It's a source from which energy comes. That's called mazel. So when you say mazlayu chazi, what's the mazel? He brings in nine. You see footnote 9, Bepidish Rashi Daniel, Mazoloi Shebirakia. Your mazel in heaven. Bepidish Rashi Megillah, Megillah Dav Gimel, Sar shall call Adam Lamaila. The mazel is your sar, like your angel, your spiritual guardian above. Mazel Shebirakia is connected to the 12 constellations, the zodiac. That connects, that's connected to every month. Like this month is the month of Av, is the zodiac of Arye, right? Leo, the lion. You have Tammuz, the crab, Gemini, etc. We learned it in Rambam recently. And the reason they called it Mazel is because they felt that this, some, many felt that this is like a source of influence. Influence on those, on, on the creatures down here below. That's where the word Mazel came. Like he has good Mazel, she has good Mazel, you know. Mazel Tov, a good Mazel, good luck. Mazel. You say, this guy has mazel. <laughs> the famous jokes about Yiddish mazel, Medgoyish mazel, but it's not for now. So, what's that your mazel sees? Your mazel sees means a person is made up of different layers. There are the layers of self that I'm conscious of, that I'm aware of, that I'm cognizant of. And on that level, I could say I didn't experience anything. But then there is a mazel level, which call it maybe something deeper. It actually says, your sar lamayla, meaning your spiritual counterpart. Your origin in a different plane, or your superconscious self. It's also a self. But it's not processed in a conscious way. And that can see things, and experience things, and perceive things. And it can affect you. These people were affected. It's not that they weren't affected, they were affected. They felt scared, but they didn't know why they feel scared. Because the vision was not processed internally in a conscious way. By Daniel, he had the vessels to be able to contain the vision within his kalim, within his conscious brain. They did not, but it doesn't mean they did not see it. They just saw it in a different, on a different plane, in a different place. And we know this in our lives. We can sometimes perceive things on a superconscious level, and it may take years and years to process, both in the negative and in the positive. Right? How many things do we absorb as little children? but not in a conscious way. These are messages that we don't even, we're not even aware that we carry, stories that we carry in our brains, and they affect our neural neural pathways. They affect our attitudes. They affect our sensations, our emotions. They certainly affect our perspectives, our paradigms, which affect our emotions. And sometimes my entire life is governed and dictated by a certain narrative, by a certain approach, by a certain experience, which I never even processed consciously. Wow. That's big stuff. And the beginning of healing is to identify 
what my mazel is believing, <laughs> what got absorbed into my mazel. So this is not just, you know, mystical, uh, strange, heavenly stuff. This is very real. <laughs> this happens, you know, many say there's much more in your mazel than in your conscious self. You know, the superconscious has much more information and data stored than your conscious self. Your conscious self is just a very filtered, filtered, restricted uh, space where the conscious brain you know, filters most, uh, most of the things gets filtered out and only a little bit shrickles down to your conscious brain. So this, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says, may be the meaning, Yeshloimar, in what the Badetcher says. Al-Darech says, Muvun bin Yaneinu. As the Yis Hamikdush to La'asit B'Shabbos Chazayin, is nit b'layz an inyan v'sa shayich tzu tzadikim un zeider tzaylanas. Other nachmez an nes megalot zu shayr b'nei Yisrael. Nor eich b'loshin chazal hanal, loshin teira hanal. Marin der loshin akaydish from chazayin. Marin. Lekol echad veechad, meba weiz das jeden eine marim le mazlayu von seine shame, und das peult auf dem adam bis echev sein governor for Shabahamas. According to this, we can explain that the, when the Badichev speaks about the vision of the Besamidish and Shabbos Chazoyin, it's not just something that relates to tzaddikim, and they share it with other people. And you may get inspired by their inspiration, or they reveal it to other people, but it's, it's, it's basically their thing. The Baititshava is saying something else. Marin, chazoin, in Hebrew is marin. Chazoin is one word of mecheza, mecheza va'ata sechza. And the normal word in Lashon Kodesh is marin, re'iya, seeing. So he says marin, the chazoin is, this vision is l'kol echad ve'echad. Every single Jew individually, his or her mazel, the mazel of their neshama, sees the third base of Mikdash. And this has an impact on the person, not just on the person above, but also on the person within the body, the person's body and the person's animal soul. He brings in footnote 10 something very interesting. Right from the Baal Shem Tev, it says that every day a baskel goes out from Har Chayrev, from Mount Chayrev, and summons the Jewish people to Torah. And the Baal Shem Tov said, what's the point of a voice coming out of a mountain when nobody hears it? And the Baal Shem Tov said, your mazel does hear it. And that's the reason that sometimes in the middle of the day you have a hero tshuva and you don't know where it came from. Sometimes a person in the middle of the day, in the middle of the night, feels a surge of inspiration. Nothing extraordinary happened in their life. Why? The Baal Shem Tov said, because your mazel hears the baskel. And sometimes that mazel sends down, an, sends a trickle. There's a trickle of data that comes into your conscious self. And from this, you have a Psei Seyredus in the middle of the day. So the next time you have a Psei Seyredus in the middle of the day, the Baal Shem Tov says, you should know your mazel heard the baskel. And now there's a psal, more communication between your mazel and your conscious self. Gimel. So he explained that this is connected to the Shabbos before Tisha B'Av. He explained that it's connected to every Jew on a mazel level. But now let's discuss what is this? What is this vision of the Beis HaMikdash? What's the point? I mean, it's a nice idea. Beis HaMikdash is shown. What's the theme behind it? Is the Baditshavim Mevayim et The Behillel and that Maimer, he doesn't just quote this line from the Baditshavim. He quotes a whole parable. A story that the Baditshiver said in order to explain it. Let's hear the marshal. A father was at Uvgenet attired in Malbush for his kind, and the kind had him begged to listen to Kama Kroyim. Had him the father gemacht a zweiten Lavush, but the kind had taken him zweiten begged to listen. Had the father Uvgenet for his kind a dritten Lavush, but he had him not given answer to him, nor the prakim, the chaykim, the duyim. But weist in dem Lavush, sagen dich der Bayers, wenn er wird sich finden, mit der Chayosher, wird er es ihm geben anzutun. Und durch dem ist ihm der Vater margelt zu gehen mit der Chayosher. Bis das Welt beim Kind kommt Teva, und dann geht der Vater dem Lavush zu seinen Kindern, soll ihm anton und tragen. Und muven beteure Hanal, das ist ein Marschall auf die zwei Bote Miktisch, welche sind ein Charov geworden, und dem Besser Miktisch, der Schlüssel, bei der Schlüssel, der Miktisch, der Lassadlov. There was a father, who had a beautiful, exquisite, most expensive cloak and garment woven 
for his child. The child who didn't appreciate the garment took it, and in a moment of weakness, he ripped it up, he destroyed the entire garment. What does Tati do? He has a second garment made for him. The most exquisite tailors, most beautiful garment. The child takes the second garment, rips it up again, it's destroyed. The father prepares a third cloak for the child. But this time, he doesn't give it to him. Rather, there are certain moments where he shows him the garment. And he says, when you will behave in an appropriate way, I'm going to give it to you. And this helps the child become disciplined to follow the right path in life until this behavior becomes like second nature because habit creates nature. And then the father gives the gift, this beautiful, exquisite garment to the child that he can actually wear and don it and wear it and have it as his own. This is the metaphor. What's the message? The first garment and the second garment are a parable for the two Bate Mikdash. Both were torn up by the child and therefore they were destroyed. Hashem the Father has a third garment woven that he doesn't give. He shows it. Shabbos Chazoy. He shows the garment which inspires the child to mend his or her ways until he will or she will ultimately get that garment. That's the metaphor. And as he says in footnote 13, that the, some of the concepts of the metaphor are rooted perhaps in Zohar. He says, Whenever there's a parable, a mushal and teira, it's not stam, you know, entertainment purposes, let's throw in a joke. That's not how, what it is. Teira is teira's emes. We say it every day. We say in the brachas of teira. Rashen nasan lanu, teira's emes. What's teira's emes? Every nekuda of teira's emes is truth. That's, that's, that's powerful. If it's teira, it's emes. If it's not emes, it's not teira. There's no teira that's not emes. If so, a metaphor in teira, a parable in teira, an illustration in teira, an allegory in teira is also emes. And that means it's precise, it's meticulous. It's not stam tzugeklept avant savant, I need a hakaraina story, here's a good marshal. No, the marshal has to really fit the nimshal like a hand in the glove. They, they work together because it's a true marshal. It really brings out the point. This marshal was not just said by some entertainer, it was said by the Badichev Erov, or Avme Badichev. So he says, the marshal is Bediuk. It's precise. And here is the question. If you would hear this verse of the Badichev, and I would ask you to give a marshal for this, what's the marshal you would give? Dafmin Lefizeh Fashtein. A garment, by definition, is exposable. It's made to constantly change. Even if you keep the same garment for many years, shirt, you change it. There's a pasuk Even when the Rebbe wants to say that a garment is something you constantly change. He brings a posik for this also. Everything is rooted in Torah. It's the blueprint of the world. you change. It gets dirty. It gets old. It, it shreds. It doesn't have the best odor, the best aroma. A lavush is something by definition that even if you keep it in your closet for many years, like some people do, but it's something that you're constantly changing. 
The Beis Hamikdash, what was the, what was the focus and the theme of the Beis Hamikdash? It was a bias kva. It was a permanent fixed place for the Shechina. Unlike the Mishkan, the Mishkan was a temporary mobile sanctuary. And therefore it moved from one place to another place as he brings in 17 from the Rambam and Beis Abchira that Vahayalafisha, it was a temporary dwelling place for the divine. On the Pasuk says about the Mishkan, it's like a tent. You pitch a tent and then you pitch the tent somewhere else. The Beis Hamikdash, in contrast, was a Beis Kavua. Its point was fixed. And each one was there for hundreds and hundreds of years. The first for 410 years, the second for 420 years. So why would Rabbi Yitzhak of Baditchev use the metaphor of a garment to describe the Beis Hamikdash? Now, he says, in the Midbar, it says, Your shirt never decomposed, it never became old. He says, that was a miracle, and it was only for those 40 years. After that, shirts get ruined, you have to change your shirt. Yes, in the Midbar, there was something unique about the clothes, that they remained on them for 40 years, and they were good. But that's unique. It's not the normal way of a lavush. The question is much more. The Blitzel Badichev could have given the same exact metaphor about a home. <laughs> Just say, there was a father, and he built this most beautiful, exquisite, wonderful, stupendous home for his child. Child comes into the home, destroys it, makes a churva. He builds him a second, he renovates the home, or he builds him another home once again. He puts it on fire, he destroys it. He ruins the whole mansion. The father builds him a third home and says, well, once in a while I'll give you a tour to trigger your interest and curiosity, arouse your yearning, and then you'll behave and you'll get the house. A beautiful marshal. <laughs> a beautiful marshal that fits the nimsha like a hand in a glove. But Dichiri doesn't say that. He finds a marshal of a lavush, a garment, which by definition is of a completely different function than a home. Nachma. Question is even more. The ikim mechuvim from marshal is dachlecheir as geben dig the base amidrash alava bezel menem nitcharav machen ezol zayin ilu zachu kayim laad bekiyum nitzchi vi pastiv dem the marshal from alavush vas is an aray dikazach the hepech from an inyan nitzchi. Furthermore, the whole point of the metaphor is that when Hashem gave the first and second base amidrash, He didn't want it should be destroyed. He wanted that the Jewish people should cherish it and it should endure for eternity. So why are you giving the marshal that a father gave his son a garment? When you give your son a garment, even if it's a beautiful garment, your point is not that this garment should be timeless and eternal. By definition, it's something that it's there for a year, two years, three years, especially if the child is growing. It anyway has to, you have to change it. But essentially, you're giving a marshal of something that actually brings out the opposite point. The first question is, the mushal and the nimshal are not consistent. It's more than that, they're opposites. You're trying to bring out that Hashem was disappointed. He wanted the child to hold on to this Beis HaMikdash and not allow it to be destroyed, not put it on fire. The mushal, the father gives a lavush, what, it should remain forever? No. He was upset that the child tore it immediately. Or after 410 years in the nimshal, it wasn't immediately. But the point of a lavush is that you don't, you're not giving something for eternity. You have to say that even though a home is obviously superior to a garment. And if you need any proof, you could just look at the difference of a price, of the price between the home and the garment, which is, of course, the different effort that's put into a, making a garment or building a home true. And the home is a fixed, perpetual place. You don't buy a house every year or every six months. Maybe some people do, but the regular person, you buy a house and you sometimes live there your whole life. Or at least you live there for many decades. It's something that's kavua, it's tmidi, it's fixed, it's permanent. But the, apparently we see from here that there's something about a garment that is superior to a home. And this doesn't, this is something that a home lacks. And here, when the Yitzchak of Baditshev is trying to bring out, influencing the child to live life according to the appropriate path, Derech 
What is relevant here is that the Beis HaMikdash is compared to a garment, not to a home. This is not Stam, he chose a marshal. In the theme that he's trying to bring out, that the father is showing the garment, showing the Beis HaMikdash to the child to inspire him or her to be able to cherish it and embrace it and live their life in the most appropriate, harmonious, joyous, truest fashion, Derech HaYosher, What's relevant is the Beis HaMikdash portrayed as a garment, whether garment one, garment two, or garment three, the third Beis HaMikdash. Perhaps the explanation can be explained as follows. I know that there's a lot of details here until it, it, the Rebbe is building up to the main points he's going to make, but try to stay the course because... Uh, you will discover here not only the richness in the marshal of Rebbe Yitzhak of Badichev and in the Nimshal, but a very powerful and fundamental idea in the whole process of life and life as a Jew. And life as a Jew in Golos preparing for Gaula. <speaking in Hebrew> One of the main differences between a garment and a home is a garment has to be suited to the size of the physique of the person who's wearing the garment. <laughs> You can't just go into the, to the, to the store and buy a shirt any size. Yeah, buy shoes any size, pants any size, a hat any size, a jacket, a dress, a gown, whatever it is, a skirt. It needs to be measured according to the physique, to the body, to the length and the width of the person who's wearing it. It can't be too short. It can't be too long. And as always, from my perspective, you made your point. But the Rebbe says it's also halach. <laughs> the halach is by big day kohona. Everything has a source in Taira. What's the halach by big day kohona? And big day kohona had to be lekavad olaseferes. The pasuk says they had to be glorified. They were the glory of Aaron and the glory and the beauty of Aaron. The halach is they have to be according to the size of the kayan. All the begadim, the kayan wore pants and he wore a shirt. And he wore a gartel, a belt, an avnet, and he wore a migbas, a hat. It had to be according to the size of the kayan. That's how it was prepared. And the same is true with the kayan god. That's what a levush is. And that's the halacha, like he brings in 23, psachim of samachay, rambam klei amikdush. Mashen can buy is, what about a home? <laughs> when you look at a home that you want to buy, do you make sure that the home suits your height? So if you're six feet tall, you make sure that the, your your home is six feet in height and two feet in width or one and a half foot foot in the width or one foot in the width. Opposite. We like larger homes. We like big homes. And even if you're living in a small home, it does not fit your size. The beauty of a home is this space. It's much larger than you. Chas <laughs> v'shalom. The end of life, the home that is the, 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 where the body lives after death, death, that's measured according to the size of the body. But not a home in which we're alive. Both the length and the width, and of course the height, is much larger than the size of the person living in the home. Again, I think the point is clear, but the Rebbe says, we make a fint Every nekuda in life, when you find it in halacha, you know that that's emes. For megafint la halacha. In other words, it's not stam minegamadina, minegamedika, and you need a big house. You megafint la halacha. As a bias is chayev b'mezuzah nor dam v'nor hatlach halapachas demos from dalad amas al dalad amas al sachme v'midasad. You hear it, are you? The pasuk says, uchsafta mal mezuzah is beisachel v'sherech. A house needs a mezuzah. But there's a shear. The house has to be dollar amas by dollar amas. Four cubits by four cubits. Approximately eight feet by eight feet. Eight feet in the length and eight feet in the width. Approximately between six and eight feet. Dollar amas. Four cubits by four cubits. Now, a person's length is not eight feet and a person's width is not eight feet. Let's hope so. In other words, by the definition of a house, 
I know some of our houses are larger than eight feet. That's not the point. But the definition of a house in halacha, which makes it obligated to have a mezuzah, is a home that is larger than the size of the human being living in the home. Unlike a lavush, you're not going to say that for your garment to be mechoyev in tzitzis, it has to be dalet amas al dalet amas, because those tzitzis are not going to be very comfortable to wear. The garment that's mechoyev in tzitzis is arba kanfas, it's a garment that fits your body. Everybody goes in to buy tzitzis, and they ask for this right size, 18, 20, 24, etc. Midas adam is migafit legabedim shirf and amikvah. The size of a person you see by a mikvah. The Gemara says in Erevin, Ama al Ama beroim gimel amas kimidaser shaladam. The size of a mikvah, how did the Chachamim estimate what's the size of a mikvah? The size of a person, because your whole body has to be submerged in the mikvah. So they say it's ama alama. Ama means an ama width and an ama length, which means approximately a foot and a half this way and a foot and a half this way approximately. And the height is, till the head, the height is gimel amas. Gimel amas would be around six feet or again four and a half feet, between four and a half and till the head. That's the size of a person. That's not Dalai Ramas al Dalai Ramas. It's much smaller than that. What do you see from here? That a home is larger than the size of a person. From them is verstandig as the shaykh is from alavush. Zum Adam hamalubush boy is asach apratius dike. Anentere with the shaykh is from abayis to them was vointinem. Underfar is da echan unterscheid zwischen lavush and bayis if we can happen from zeh ashada wegen dem Adam shabaham. When we cook the falavush, we can from him wissen, what stimmt the pratim from the malubish boy. Arkay, we rach bevechayetzebaza. Warum der beged is lafimi dasi apratis shal adam zeh dafke kanal. Ma schenken durch zena bayis, can we not have an ash other clolis wegen dem einweiner from dem bayis. Zis is a bayis from an asher, other from an ani vechayetzebaza. Men can have from dem bayis, nit wissen und erkennen in yon im pratim from dem darba bayis. What does this mean in other words? A garment is individualized. It's custom-made. It must suit your physique, your measurements as an individual. A home, a lot of people, they buy a home, they go into the house, they don't have to do anything. It's your home, now it becomes my home. I, this person is six feet tall, and this person is four feet tall, and this person is five feet tall, so what? A lavush has to be custom made. In other words, its connection is much more individuated. Of course, I can wear a garment of somebody else who has the same measurement. But it has to be limited to that person who has the same, who's the same size like me. So he says the connection of a garment to the person who wears the garment, in contrast to the connection of a house, to the person who lives in the house, is one we hear it's, it's custom made to this person. And that's why. When I'm looking at your garment, even if I'm not looking at you, there's certain things that I know about you from the garment. <laughs> I know certain things about your shape. I know certain things about your size. I, I don't know your personality from your garments. Maybe, <laughs> maybe some people can, but we're talking here on a more basic, simple level, not metallic that people do. But I, I know certain features about your body, whether it's your length or your height or you're with, etc. Why? Because the baguette has to be woven according to your mid, according to your size. When I look at your home, I can have a general estimation. This is a big home. This is a small home. This person is poor. This person is rich. This person put a lot of work in their home. This person didn't put any work in the house. This house is beautiful. This house, you know, is old. It could use some help. That you know. But I'll never know individual features of the person living there. How tall he is, how short she is, how their size, this way, that direction, that direction. How am I supposed to know that? Unless I know the person. The lavush is like, it, it's, it's the hand in the glove. So from the glove, you could see the hand. A bias is not a hand in the glove, it's a place where the person lives. So I may know some general things. Again, we're not talking about the fact that today some people build a house and their whole personality they put into their house. So that's a whole other issue. And that's, you know... Uh, <laughs> certainly for the Rebbe's generation that's a little bit of a rear development maybe even in the olden days the czars in Russia you know and the kings in France had that luxury but just on a general level from from the lavush you could see certain features of the person wearing it not from the house 
It's this understanding that opens up the vista to appreciate what's happening. Alpiza is moving the tam. That's why the Baditshara brought a metaphor of a garment, not a home. I'll explain in a moment. And das is euch, was auf dem Pasuk machen, le shift gepalta Hashem sagen razal, und seine medayik belashaynam, beis hamikdash shalamatan mechuven kineged beis hamikdash shalamayla. Adder beis hamikdash, wie er is dalamatan, mit de alle chilukim in makam und mit des gashmen von jeder chilik prati, was er anthalten sich, is mechuven und meduye kineged beis hamikdash shalamayla. Ad das altes kineged, bas ame mit den teichen und madreges hakdusha, in jeder chelik prati von Ruchni is dekem besamidri besamidri shalomayla. Und die chiluki dargis bemokem zijn nech verbunden met chiluki dargis shabab b'nei Yisrael. Ezer es noshem, anoshem, mokem, was nora kaya nechnes v'chuli. Und in dem bashtay der Yisraelmayla von levush l'gabe bayis. Weil das was de alle chelki prati amikter zijn in gewen ba'as ame mit de yekes. Mit de chiluki dargis akdushi shabam kanal is bedugmet sa'a levush was is bechol pratov zugepast lahamalubash bay. The Kedusha of the Beis HaMikdash was not one general Kedusha. A home of Hashem and the whole house is just a uniform space of holiness where the Shekhinah is. That's not Pshat. The Beis HaMikdash itself was compartmentalized with many different gradations and levels of holiness. You had the Kedush HaKadosh. That was a unique level of holiness. You had the Heichel. That's the inner sanctuary that had a roof over it. That's where the menorah was, the shulchan was, the inner altar was. You had the outer courtyard called Azara, etc. Many more chambers and compartments. And each part has its own individual kedusha. Every individual place of the Beis HaMikdash has a unique level of kedusha, and also with unique requirements. This place, only the Kayan Gadol could go in once a year. This place, only Kayanim could go in. This place... Yisraelim could go in. In other words, these compartmentalizations were very serious. This is a place where even Kayanim can't go in. The Kaidish HaKadoshim, even the Kayan Gadol couldn't go in outside of Yom Kippur. Now the Beis HaMikdash was built by the architecture of the Rebbeinu Shalolim. David HaMelech says, Hakal b'ksav miyad Hashem alai hiskil. Hashem, so to speak, gave me the blueprint, as he says in 33 from Divri Ayam Aleph. In other words, it wasn't Stam, we build different sections. The different parts of the Beis HaMikdash, which includes the physical space, the length, the size, the height, the dimensions of each section of the Beis HaMikdash were consistent and built based on the unique holiness that was manifested in this place. The physical space, it's not just, Hashem says, okay, the Kedush HaKadoshim is holy, the Heichel is holy in a different way, the Azar is holy in a different way. The physical features of the Kedush HaKadoshim were built thus that they should be able to be a keli that manifests this unique level of Kedusha. The Azara's features were different. The Heichel structure was different. And this includes which compartments were there, the length of the doors, the size of the doors, the length of the curtains, the width of the curtains, every single element that was there, how the space was set up. Exterior design and interior design, but even exterior design. Simply the dimensions were not random. It was just like, okay, let's do it this way, let's do it that way. They were all choreographed, they were all designed individually in order to be able to be the right conduit for the level of holiness that had to be manifested in that particular place. That's why, he says, there's a fascinating statement of Chazal in Medrash Tanchum Mishpatim and in Zayhar, on the Pasuk, Machayn l'shiftach Hashem, that we say every morning, 
that the Beis Hamikdash below parallels the Beis Hamikdash above. What does this mean? What does it mean the Beis Hamikdash below parallels the Beis Hamikdash above? It means that the Beis Hamikdash below. What do we mean the Beis Hamikdash below? The Beis Hamikdash below is the Beis Hamikdash that you could take a picture of with your physical camera, which is divided into very different physical chambers and room and spaces. So the differences in the physical measurements of the physical Beis Hamikdash was parallel to the spiritual Beis Hamikdash. It sounds like a very strange concept. Can we apply this practically? He says, yes. What it means is, don't look at the physical features of the Beis Hamikdash as physical features. No. Each one was paralleled to a specific spiritual energy that had to be manifested through these individual sizes. And that's why every room was designed differently in terms of the size of the room, the length of the room, the width of the room, the height of the room, the type of walls of the room, or no walls, the roof of the room, the curtains that were in the room, and anything that went inside the room, the interior. It was all parallel, a mirror of the Kedusha, the spiritual divine holiness that was manifested in that place. And every individual chalik in a different kedusha, And that's why different Jews could go into different places. Because every Jew has the kedusha that is manifested through that Jew. You have the women, and you have the men, and you have the Levium, and you have the Kayan, you have the Kayan Gadol. So you had in the Beis Hamidosh, Ezra's Noshim, Ezra's Anoshim. Places only a Kayan could go in, a Yisrael can't go in, a Levi can't go in. Places where pure people could go in, ritually impure people can go in. Everything was meticulously designed. He says that's the uniqueness of the word of a Levush, Legabe bias. Because the fact that every part of the Beis HaMikdash was consistent with the unique level of holiness that was manifested through it, that represents the concept of a garment which is measured for the person to go into it. My shirt has to be made in a way that it should be able to fit me, Rabbi Yy. The same is true with my pants, the same is true with my hat, the same is true with my shoes. The lavush has to be a reflection of the one who is malubush in the lavush. That was the uniqueness of the Beis HaMikdash. It wasn't just one home that the person could live there. Every part of the Beis HaMikdash was different, consistent with the Kedusha that's manifested through it. So the physical Beis HaMikdash was like the glove in which the hand fits perfectly. The divine holiness is manifested through that particular dimen- through that particular place and its unique dimensions because of a unique individualized Kedusha, not just one general Kedusha that goes into the whole house and there's no differences. Then the metaphor would be very well, if we would, then the metaphor of a home would be perfect. But we want to bring out this idea. That what? That every single space in the Beis HaMikdash had a different Kedusha. And it was built physically in a way that manifested that Kedusha. And the distinct features were because of distinct levels of spiritual energy that were manifested through those features. That is expressed in the idea of a lavush. That the lavush has to be consistent. It's the hand and the glove. The glove must be made in a way that it fits this hand. And you can't put the glove on your foot. On your foot you put a sock, and the sock has to be consistent with this foot. And the same is true with the shirt, the same is true with the shoes. It has to be consistent with this unique part of the body. It will become even more clear soon. I want to learn one more seif. It's going to be another few minutes. Vav, and then the rest will continue in the next year. This quality existed in the first base of the second base of even in the Mishkan. The Mishkan had different rooms, different chambers, different compartments. Each one was built and designed differently. If you read the Torah, Truma, Tetzava, Vayakal, Pkudeh, 
every single detail and nuance is orchestrated, how many beams and how many curtains and where they go and what's the size, the height and the width and the length and every socket and this is in this room and in this room and this room we need tapestries and veils that look this way and here we need beams and here we need bars and here we need these pegs. It's all connected to the Kedusha, even in the Mishkan. He says, perhaps we could say a Chiddush. It's a unique expression for the Rebbe. Ula Yishleim Achidish usually doesn't, uh, it's a very rare expression. That this quality of Levush is going to be even more emphasized in the third Baisamikdush. Why? The beer in them. Thus was the Baisamikdush Trishna Baisheni saying, I remember Dugmas Levush, as yet the Chelekoprate given Behesem Medagas Akdusha Shabai, Vishabe Bene Yisrael Kanal. Is nit mefurish beksuvim vechuli goli venikir and zebe pratius. Begoli is given nikir as his abayis lashem, fananda getelt lemekoimus klolim vechuli. Aber bebesa mikdash ashlishi, vetzich ufton, as eichle ene bosser vetzai nikir vegoli de mailam yuchedes vaseris bedugmus lavush. As yeder prat von de midis vechelke abayis is behesem, zum dem gdusha prat, zu de gdusha pratus shebe. Vatambaza, a state in Zayhar, at the Besamikdash Alava Bez and Given Binyana Barnash. Mashing the Besamikdash de Lost, Besamikdash Gimel is Binyana de Kuchabrichu. Und der Ribber in Besamikdash Alava Bez, Afopirzen and Alla Helke of Prote Amidus Behesamiduik, Miyad Havaya, Midikdushis Proteus, with Maldabras Binyone, U Protovs and Zachmesaches to Barnash, Hotches is Miyad Havaya, that Father Menit Ungesen in the prote chelke by samichta shalomata, which is an behesem in the prote chelke agdusha from minyana de kuchabricho canal. Mashegen by samichta shdala osset vibalda der boyen atzme is minyana de kuchabricho, while the river eichen de prote amichta shalomata is a hopspigl and begilly de prote agdusha by samichta shalomaila, the yeder mock and mid de protes vachuli from gashmis de kabe samichta atzme is behesem of the midas agdusha shalomaila shabbat. The first and second Beis and even the Mishkan were also like a garment. What do we mean like a garment? Every single part was different. Why was every part different? Because it's like a garment. It has to be suited to the one who's dressed up in that garment. And if it's two separate people dressed up in garments and they have different sizes, you need different garments. Every part of the Beis was like a garment in the sense it was built in a unique fashion with unique measurements and dimensions, which was consistent, it was suited, it was custom-made for the level of Kedusha that it housed to be able to be manifested in it. And the level of Kedusha of the Jew who walked in and worked in that particular place of the Beis HaMikdash. It all has to be custom-made for that level of holiness. That's true. But all these differences in the Beis HaMikdash, first and second, is not clearly in Chumash. And it wasn't revealed in a specific way. When you came to the Beis HaMikdash, what did you see? You saw there was a big home with different sections. That's what you saw. We know from Halacha, you have in Rambam Hilchas Beis HaBchirah, he discusses the individual Kedusha of the Kedusha Kedoshim, and the Heichel, and every feature, and every dimension. But when you look there, what did you see? You saw one big home. You knew it was a holy home. Kedusha Kedoshim was off limits. Certain places were off limits. It wasn't revealed in the physical properties, the differences. By the Beis HaMikdash Shashlishi, what's going to happen is that even to the physical eye, one will be able to see that the unique quality that the Beis HaMikdash is like a garment is going to be physical, physically perceived. That every detail of the dimensions of the third Beis HaMikdash is consistent with the sanctity in it. And it's explicit in, in, in Tanakh by the third Beisam. He says in 42, He discusses the vision of the Beisam, the third one. So take a look at the words in Yecheskel, Perik Mem Gimel. Tell the Jews every nuance and detail, every path, every way to go in, go out. So they say for What's the reason for this? It says in Zoyar, the first two Batei Mikdash were built by people. Shleimah Melech and the group that came from Bavel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and the other people who built the second Beis HaMikdash. The third Beis HaMikdash is the building of Hashem. It's Binyana the Kutshebrich. So in the first two Batei Mikdash, even though 
all of the details were orchestrated and commanded by Hashem. Hakol b'ksav miyad Hashem alai hiskel davar including the individual kedusha in every place. But since the structure was a human structure, even though it was instructed by Hashem, but it was facilitated through human beings, therefore, in the physical parts of the Beis Hamikdash below, you could not see how they are a manifestation for the details of the different types of holiness. Why? Because since it was a physical structure of human beings, so therefore, in the nuances, in the details of the Beis Hamikdash below, you could not see in a revealed way how they are a manifestation, how they are consistent with the details of the different dimensions of holiness of the Beis Hamikdash Shalomayla. We know that it was so, but it was not visibly seen. And even in Chumash or the Tanakh, What's discussed is the general base Hamikdash as a home for Hashem with a few general sections. So even the way in the Torah doesn't go into all of the details. The third base Hamikdash, since the structure, the physical structure is Hashem's structure, so therefore, even in the details of the physical base Hamikdash below, they will each mirror in the most revealed and manifested way the Beis HaMikdash which means the Kedusha of it. How every place, every measurement, every individual dimension of every single nook and cranny in every centimeter of the physical Beis HaMikdash is really a lavush. It's really tailor-made and customized for the Midah. It's a measurement for the Kedusha. The physical dimensions and the physical space, you will see how it is a keli, a conduit, a lavush, which is measured lefi, the midas hakdusha shaboy. There's a mida, there's a size, just like a person has a size, and that size is coming into the garment, there's a size of kedusha that's coming in. And that's the two bate mikdash, the beis mikdash shalomayla, beis mikdash shalomata. Beis mikdash shalomayla doesn't mean beis mikdash somewhere near Mars, and beis mikdash shalomata is the beis mikdash on the Temple Mount. It's a much more uh, practical and subtle. Beis mikdash shalomata means the physical Beis Hamikdash that you could photograph when it's there. The Beis Hamikdash means the Kedusha, the divine energy that's there. Every part of the Beis Hamikdash is mechuvan to the Beis Hamikdash But in the Beis Hamikdash Shlishi, it will be seen with the physical eye. You'll be able to see how this is a levush. The fact that this room, this chamber, this section has these dimensions, these features, exterior and interior structure is all Really a lavush, it's just tailor-made for the Kedusha that's coming through this. What's the theme behind all of this? What's the explanation behind all of this? What does this mean in a person's life? What is this? What is the connection to Shabbos Chazoin? How does this inspire the child to be able to enhance and build his or her life into the life that it can be and should be? That we're going to continue tomorrow morning. Be'ezer Hashem, 7.30 Friday morning, we're going to continue this and get to the great punchlines and very powerful, powerful applications for life. Now you're wondering, where is there an application for life? We learned about a home and a lavush and features and dimensions. Stay the course and you will see because there are ideas here which can be extremely, extremely um, uplifting and transformative. Okay, we could take a few questions. Let's see what's going on here, Chevre. Just want to remind you again, 10 o'clock a.m. there will be a Shia Rambam. And uh, tonight, 8.30 p.m., we are going to have a Shia in Parshas Dvarim. It's entitled, Always Find the Positive. In yourself, in your child, and in everybody else. That's tonight, 8.30. I hope to see you right here on the yeshiva.net. Tomorrow morning, 7.30, we continue this year. Tomorrow morning, 10 o'clock, Bezer Hashem, we have the class in Rambam. Okay, question. The Rebbe asks, why the mushal of a garment which is disposable, whereas the Beis HaMikdash was a permanent structure? But as we saw, unfortunately, both Batei Mikdash were also disposed of. That's true. That's true. But the point is... Hashem is regretting the fact that it was disposed of. Because he wanted it should be something permanent. But in the marshal, he gives him something that is by definition disposable. That's the issue. And you can give the same marshal from the house. Because 
it's much better, it's much more accurate. Hashem, the father gave them a house, and the kid destroyed the house. Was he supposed to destroy the house? No, a house is not disposable, don't destroy it. And he destroyed it. That's the whole point of the nimshal. Hashem gave us a home, not a garment, and yet we destroyed it. That was the question. Everybody have a beautiful day. See you, Bezer Hashem, at 10. Thank you. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.